I bring you good tidings of great joy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. We all recognize that as the greeting to the shepherds by the angels at first Christmas night. Men throughout history have fought for their liberty, for their freedom. Nothing is more dear to those who have been condemned to death than to be told that their salvation is at hand. This is how the Jews felt under the governance of a pagan nation. This, my dear friends, is what the angels announced to us this day, that our exile and our salvation is at hand. Before the birth of our Lord, before his death, there was no sacramental confession. There was no sacramental communion. If we had committed a serious sin, we were totally at the mercy of Almighty God and may find it hard-pressed to make a perfect act of contrition. We read in the scripture, Savior is born to you. Our Lord was born an infant, ordained from all eternity to come. God knew Adam would fall and commit his sin. And Christ was born to deliver us from eternal death, and he was born to reopen to us the gates of heaven. He chose that this would happen after 33 years of a joyous, yet a miserable life here on earth. Misery amongst mankind. What else could there be for a God living amongst mankind which is so forgetful of him? Christ was to, born to open to us the gates of heaven. Heaven is that country from which we had been banned. Adam and Eve were chased out of the Garden of Eden and they were banned from heaven until satisfaction could be made for the sins of mankind. Where he was born and how he was born should inspire us to great gratitude for the favor which he has given to us, the favor of his love. Octavius Augustus, the emperor of Rome, wishing to know the strength of his empire, decreed that there be a general numbering of all his subjects. And thus the governors of the provinces decreed that each should go to his own native town and register in a census. As soon as the decree was promulgated, Joseph, in his humility, obeys immediately. He does not even wait until his holy spouse should be delivered. He sets out immediately with his expectant wife, Mary, and her, her divine son, who would soon be delivered. The journey from Jerusalem to Bethlehem would have been a four-day journey in that time through difficult mountains and steep paths which they had to pass. There were no honors waiting prepared for the Christ the infant king as he, as he enters into the city of his kingdom. If only Bethlehem knew the honor and the privileges that the king of heaven had chosen for them for Bethlehem to be the birthplace of their divine king. Bethlehem was a little city amongst thousands of cities of Judea. Mary and Joseph, they enter into the house of the imperial minister to pay the tribute and to enroll themselves in the book 
as subjects of Caesar. There is no one to salute the Christ child. There is no one to receive him. Scripture says he came unto his own and his own received him not. While there, you know the story, Mary's days were accomplished, the days of her carrying the child that she should be delivered. The Blessed Virgin Mary, when she began her journey, she knew that she would deliver her child in a strange place, in a place where those who could have helped her, assisted her, cared for her, midwives and things, would not be. She knew that she would not need their help in the delivery of the Christ child, for it would be a miraculous delivery. Mary instructed Joseph to first look into personal homes, as these would be more modest and conducive to privacy than would be an inn where there were many people around. He met with refusal at each house that he knocked, every home. Some take scandal and say that Joseph should have prepared a place for Mary, her delivery date being so near at hand. They insult him. Joseph was merely fulfilling the will of God. Finally, Joseph approaches the end and once again is refused. You and I would be mortified. We ask something and it's not done. We become angry, perhaps, impatient. Not with Joseph, not with Mary. They joy in being treated with contempt. Those who have humility accept the contempt of others well. There was room for everybody else, but not for the Christ child. Christ would have it no other way, my dear friends. He would not have allowed anyone to take his place on Calvary 33 years later, nor would he allow anyone to take his place in the cold manger 33 years prior. The end was a figure of ungrateful hearts where many find room for miserable creatures, but not for God. Some love their relatives, their pets, but they do not love the Christ child who came to save their souls. The Blessed Virgin Mary once said, it was the dispensation of God that neither I nor my son should find a lodging amongst men. That those souls who love Jesus might offer themselves as a lodging place and might affectionately invite him to come into their hearts. These are the words of the Blessed Mother in apparition. He was refused by all in the city. And Joseph and Mary seek safety from the cold of the night, from the elements, and they become refugees outside the walls of Bethlehem. They walk in the dark until they find a grotto in the walls of the city. Venerable Bede claims that the place where Christ was born was a rock that had been excavated under the walls of Bethlehem, a cavern which served as a stable. Mary decided that this stable would be a place of their lodging, the place of their lodging. Joseph was concerned that it had one side open and exposed to the elements. Joseph even pitied the animals 
who sought relief from the cold. Mary then replied to St. Joseph, it is nevertheless true that this stable is a regal palace in which the eternal Son of God desires to be born on earth. What the angels must have thought when they saw the Divine Mother enter into this cave to bring forth her Son. Even the angels would witness the genius of God that the Christ child would not be born in a room adorned with gold, nor a cradle of precious wood and stone, that he would be clothed, that he would not be clothed with fine silks. Before their very sight, the very sight of the angels, the Christ child would be born in embarrassing poverty to those of the world. This little cave becomes his palace and the manger becomes his throne. This little cavern has become the site of more pilgrims than any other on earth, and rightly so. Americans have the ability of great compassion, especially to the helpless. The stable, the straw, the sheer poverty inspires our compassion and inspires our love. For a short time, the stable becomes heaven, as it is inhabited by God and the Holy Family. Today, we celebrate the birth of our Lord, the Lord of tenderness, the same infant child who stretches out his tiny arms to be embraced by you in Holy Communion. With what desire, with what pleasure, does the Christ child enter into the hearts of those that love him? No sooner had Mary entered into the cavern than she began immediately to pray, and the hour of her delivery was at hand. Behold, she sees a great light. She feels in her heart a heavenly joy. She cast her eyes down and beholds her divine son so tender so beautiful that he fills her with love. That little bundle of love trembles. He cries, stretches out his arms to show his desire to be taken and to be loved by his mother Mary, by you. Our Lord told St. Bridget, I stretch forth my arms to seek the caresses of my mother. Our Lady, now calls St. Joseph to see the Son of God now born. Mary now concentrates on comforting and warming her trembling little child. She warmed him with all the joy and tenderness of a mother's love. You mothers know what that is. Did the Christ child think of all those who would reject him? Did he pity those who would not tenderly caress him? Did he pity those who would not give him the affection of a beloved? Certainly he pitied those who would reject his compassion and affection. Certainly does he pity those who choose to remain in sin. Remember your firstborn, ladies? How proud is any mother at the sight of her firstborn child? 
Mary's love for Christ is incomparable. No one knew how to love as she did, because no one knew how to live as she did. She holds in her fragile arms the Lord, the child, the God, which all the world cannot contain. She kisses his feet because he is her king. She kisses his cheeks because she, he is her son. She wraps him in swaddling clothes, cared for by the gentlest creature the hands of God has ever made, Our Lady. The garments are still poor garments, rough garments, and they've been out in the cold as well. They're cold garments. We read in the scriptures, he came unto his own, and his own received him not. For where man fail, the angels of God supply. They came in great numbers in praise of their God. Soon the divine child king would be pursued for his blood. The one who is pursued to death actually brings life to us. He left everything, every beauty of heaven, and came to earth for love of you. He delights in those who leave honors, riches, and life for him, for his sake. Thank God for his divine love, which induced the second person of the Blessed Trinity to become a little child, poor and lowly, to live a hard life, to die a cruel death in order to show man his love for them. In the stable, we see power reduced to impotence. We see wisdom become mad through excessive love. St. Lawrence Justinian says, we see in this stable the power of God as it were annihilated. We see God who is wisdom himself become as it were a fool through the excess of love which he bears to mankind. Christ calls himself the lily of the valley to show us that he was born in so great humility. So it is only the humble who find him. And therefore the angel did not go and announce the birth of Christ to Caesar. He didn't go to Herod, but to the poor shepherds. But as the lily, it grows everywhere. Christ is accessible to all. Monarchs are shut up in their palaces. Christ was born in a cavern without a door, accessible to all. He's present you, my dear friends, in your tabernacle. St. Alphonsus says he was weeping in the manger. Was he weeping as a natural act of an infant in need of comfort? Or was he weeping because so many would not visit or accept him, or worse still, chasing from their hearts? Our Lady, as I mentioned to you, kissed his feet and his fine head. The kings kissed his feet by their gifts, the shepherds by their adoration. It is for you and for me to kiss the feet of the Christ child by a good confession, by a holy communion, by your faithfulness to tradition, theology, and morality. 
The Christ child searches the world over like St. Joseph did that first night for souls that would give him lodging and give him affection by a good life. Let that generous soul be you. God love you and God bless you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.